Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. We are Dr. Jess and Dr. Bobby, two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time and doing our best to see our personal glasses as half full. Some days that is much harder than others. On this podcast, sometimes we interview others more knowledgeable than us on different topics to teach us about things we do not know. And other times you are stuck with Dr. Jess and I sharing our information and knowledge. So make sure you hit the subscribe button below, follow us on Instagram, and join our free Facebook group to stay up to date on all of the two gals happenings. I am very excited about our guest today. Um, she, We went to college together. She is doing some pretty awesome things. Um, but before we get started, Dr. Jess, what is in your glass today? So I have moved on to water. So I've got uh, a nice full uh, bottle here. My goal is to have this finished before lunch. And then that way I'm going to fill it up again and then try and finish another bottle before I leave. And then one more. Uh, <laughs> so working on it. Uh, so Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? So I am just on water as well. Just plain H2O. Um, been kind of my status quo lately and that's a-okay. Mm-hmm. So today with us, we have Danielle. Um, and Danielle and I went to college together. We were basically, she was my roommate freshman year. I kind of moved in. Um, <laughs> so I had two rooms. But uh, Danielle, tell us a little, bef- actually first, what is in your glass? And then tell us a little bit about you. Well, I have a very large coffee still. Um, it's 8 a.m. here, so I'm good. I do <laughs> As Dr. Jess mentioned, I plan on finishing this before lunch uh, and then moving to water. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but what I, I do, my, my PhD is in epidemiology. Um, so I look, um, it's, a, it's a public health field um, that deals kind of with the statistics of public health. So I look at disease and distribution in a specific population. Um, it's also when applied, you would... Uh, epidemiologists are the people that are used to control disease and track it. Mm-hmm. You were very busy a few years ago. I remember trying to make conversations and it was very challenging at times. Yes, we had some very, very long days for a very, very long time. Um, but but luckily, we have a whole new branch of public health, at least here. I'm in Washington state. So at least here in Washington, um, the Department of Health has created a whole new branch um, for potential outbreaks um, that come up so that we we aren't pulling from other staff, which is um, great that we found the funding. You know, public health is very underfunded. So I'm, I'm really excited that they found something um, and pulled from somewhere so that I don't have to do that again. Yes, I remember that being stressful. And as we're talking about stress awareness, I feel like that's perfect. Um, And you have a little bit of a, we all experience stress, um, physical, emotional, we all experience all different types of stress, um, good stress, bad stress. And uh, Danielle, tell us a little bit about your story and kind of like how then stress affects you, uh, maybe a little different than me. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I have a autoimmune disease that directly affects my stress um, and my body's response to that stress. So it's called primary adrenal insufficiency, um, more commonly known as Addison's disease. In my case, it's autoimmune. So 
and it, it directly affects my adrenal glands. So in case you <laughs> wanted to go find your you know, high school anatomy textbook, when I said that your adrenal glands are these tiny triangular glands that sit right on top of your kidneys. Um, and for me, <laughs> my body saw those as foreign invaders and attacked them and destroyed them. So they don't work for me anymore. And instead of cute little plump triangles, they look more like tiny raisins. Um, <laughs> they're very non-functional, not something that I can get back. Their main role, they really affect everything. Your adrenal glands are pivotal um, just to life um, as humans. And so they, they affect almost every system, almost every organ in your body, but um, primarily um, their main role is to respond to internal systems by producing hormones. And um, those two main systems would be um, producing key hormones for your potassium and sodium levels, right? That's something that we your body naturally maintains um, if your potassium gets high, your sodium will get low and vice versa. For me, if I don't medicate um, to replace those hormones that I, that I don't produce, my potassium would continue to rise. My sodium would continue to flush out. That's really bad for all of our health, um, particularly for your heart, right? Um, but more importantly, or not more importantly, but more on topic for today, the other system that it really affects is related to your stress feedback loop um, internally, your body's feedback loop. So the last step of that first stress response that you get is via your adrenal glands, right? So those those tiny little organs I don't have or glands I don't have. Um, and it produces what is often tagged your stress hormone or cortisol. So your adrenals releases cortisol. Um, and like I said, it affects everything. It affects your body's ability to respond to stress. But it also helps control things like fats, carbohydrates, proteins via your metabolism, which is awesome for me. <laughs> it helps suppress inflammation. It regulates things like blood pressure and blood sugar. And it helps control your sleep-wake cycle. So um, I use medication to replace um, the inefficiencies my body has in these two systems mainly. Um, so where you have these like smooth waves of cortisol throughout the day, um, that correspond kind of to your circadian rhythm. So you get this peak when you wake up, that's really high, it'll go down a little, and then maybe around four o'clock or so it goes up again. Um, I medicate the peaks, and then I have nothing the rest of the day. Um, so I feel like really good for about 30 minutes twice a day. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's, it's really inefficient, um, but it, it's better than not having it, right? And yeah. uh, my the only other thing that's wonky is my the timing of that, right? I say roughly four a m um, but I have no idea what time my body thinks I need it, right so so it's it's a guessing game. Um, you also have to medicate for things like acute stressors, so like something that happens unexpectedly, like an injury or maybe you have a severe g i infection or something like that. Um, I also have to medicate for prolonged stressors, like changes in your physical activity routine or extreme grief, or even something like air travel where I cross time zones, I've suddenly have to change my medication schedule. Um, or my body can't respond to the stress. And, and I end up in things like the emergency department, which is bad. Yes. It did I leave anything out that you have? Or did I make more questions for you? No, no, you're good. As it <laughs> okay. sounds like it's a lot of trial and error for you. Like um, things that we take granted for our inner body um, and take granted that our bodies can naturally do. Um, you have got a lot of trial and error and kind of figure out and kind of goes a lot with um, 
Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, it's rare, right? It's a rare disorder. Um, so you don't have as much research behind it. You don't have pharmacology behind you backing. You're trying to create a better medication system, um, mm-hmm. looking to see if you could identify where those peaks are. So a lot of that is just a lag in research, right? It, it's doable. There are places in the UK where they've used like insulin pumps to try and mimic um, their circadian rhythm of cortisol release throughout the day. Um, so there are ways around it and eventually we'll get to it. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> I am very much guessing often. <laughs> Have you found some more natural, like natural ways or things you can supplement with the medicine that really help manage your stress and like one preventatively keep it down, but two, when you find yourself in a stressful situation, have you found different things besides medication that will help your body? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah. So the best way to deal with this is to prevent any added stress or or new stressor, right? If I have every day that's stress-free, I'll know exactly when to medicate eventually, right? So I really have had to try and find, um, and probably not as successfully as others, um, techniques to work with that. The physical stress is less doable. Um, so if I experience an injury, I, I didn't mean to. Um, and I'm not going to like live in a bubble, right? That would be emotionally stressful or at least psychologically stressful. Um, so the physical stress is, is less of something I can um, see ahead and I medicate if something happens. Um, I do a lot of like rice and NSAIDs um, because my body doesn't do inflammation well or doesn't deal with, doesn't, doesn't do the, doesn't have the right reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll swell up and never go down like this extreme reaction to, you know, something that should be small, like rock climb every day. And I get home and I have within 24 hours, I have tendonitis that looks like I've been rock climbing inappropriately for two months, right? Which PTs love. So (laughs) fun fun for (laughs) y'all. Absolutely. Overnight. Yeah. Overnight chronic, chronic issues. It's fun. Um, But the, the psychological stress and the emotional stress has been quite a switch from what I did before. So (laughs) I do not advise this. This is not the way you're supposed to do it, but I dealt with it by being active originally, you know, before. If I had a bad day, I would just go work out really hard, right? And that that allows your system to come back um, and, and allows that it, internally, you've forced it to do what it needs to do, right? It, like I said, it's kind of like, it should be used as a last resort. It's something I used exclusively. <laughs> now, I can't do that. If I'm in a, if, I, if my body is stressed, and I add stress by adding physical activity, I'm going to end up in the ER, which is great. <laughs> so I, I have had to work really hard and kind of finding the slower techniques and the, the preventative techniques um, that work for me, right? Because there's a gazillion out there and everybody's different. Um, for instance, my whole life, everybody has talked about, you know, like breathing, just focus on breathing in and breathing out. And for me, it causes a lot of anxiety. I don't know why, but I have like this like mini anxiety attack by like the third breath in. I, like I don't know how to breathe anymore or something. Um, but I also know physiology, like physiologically, um, focusing on that exhale and pro- like stre- stretching out that exhale has great impact on your stress, right? And so I had I worked through finding a way to focus on my breathing without focusing on it, um, and. Being an athlete for most of my life, 
my imagery is great. I, I have trained imagery my whole life. And so I focused on um, a beach and I grew up on the beach. So super easy to, to bring up, right? And focusing on that wave, um, particularly the water going back. Um, and that's my exhale and holding it through the end of that wave. And you naturally get this even inhale, exhale, because the waves are even on the on the fall in and pull back. Um, so that's worked really well. Um, and if I give myself a couple of seconds and a timeout to do something like that when my stress level gets up, because it's fast and it's something that doesn't require moving or using a tool or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, it's really impactful for me. Um, I also find, and, and this has always been true, I think, finding something that, that is very automated and just sitting somewhere that I enjoy, like outside in my backyard and doing that automated task. And during COVID, I started knitting. Oh, <laughs> I nice. feel like an old lady when I say it. Um, but it's super automated, right? Um, once once you learn how to knit, it's a it, you don't really have to think through it. Um, and so I have a lot of hats and gloves and sweaters. And every <laughs> child I know has a stuffed animal now, all knitted. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> super helpful. (laughs) Um, And it it, for me, um, also recognizing what doesn't work, right? Like sitting in front of a screen does not help me. If anything, it raises my anxiety. It doesn't matter if it's a TV or Instagram or whatever. I'm I'm not getting that stress relief. And so intentionally moving away from that, you know, like playing a board game with my spouse or knitting while, you know, doing something else. Mm -hmm. It has um, and replacing that the time that does elevate my stress has helped a lot, but that takes a lot of um, inward thinking and feeling and and time, right? It's a lot of self reflection and like just kind of trying and seeing what works for you and what doesn't, and a lot of self awareness of like when you're feeling stressed versus when you feel better. You know, what did you do during that time? What do you think helped during that time? It's kind of really um, a lot of people I think have trouble with that is like looking inward. And like truly feeling and admitting like what are your feelings and then what is truly helping and what is um truly not helping. And I think yeah, well, I think from it, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, just like learning and saying like just because it didn't work once doesn't mean it won't work for you. Like sure. it it all of these strategies take practice. And so just like you had to practice your imagery for so long to get really, really good at it breathing is going to be the same way. It It's not something that you just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to like take these breaths and feel better. I've got so many people that yeah. say that, like, I tried that. It didn't work. I'm like, how many times did you try it? <laughs> well, it's a know, great like, point. Uh, yeah. Like that once when I was really overwhelmed, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Any, like, you're going to have to practice even when you aren't stressed in order to use it when you are stressed. So that's going to be how you implement it when you're not feeling well is because you've already practiced it and developed the strategy that works for you. I love your like use of the wave, of the wave coming in and the wave coming out. I use, I, I live by the beach. And so wave <laughs> resonate with me as well. And so I imagine as you see the wave and the water come up, turns into a crest and it comes back down and creates a wave I uh, the set comes in and then the Mm -hmm. set goes out as I go through my breathing and I just go through a wave set 
And so as my diaphragm expands, the wave is coming up. And then as my diaphragm kind of relaxes, then the wave comes back down again. But I've used imagery because again, having done athletics, I've trained my brain in imagery. So that was an easier connection for me to make, but not other, other people haven't used imagery and haven't, haven't trained it. So that can be challenging and hard. And I think just the sense of practice is going to be hugely important to say, okay, like I'm going to take time to actually work on this. And then when I implement it, when I am stressed, it's going to actually be more effective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I would say especially imagery, right? There's there's great research on that, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right. But you have to do it a lot to get good at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so sitting around and just trying to imagine, you know, like your daily tasks, like what you're going to do next and seeing yourself in that position when like you said when you're not stressed will help tremendously because you're not when you're when your hormones are responding to stress is not the time to learn something new. No. <laughs> no. And I like the preventative nature of what you're saying, how it's like, first you started with just trying to respond because it was reactionary. You had this new thing and now you're figuring out, what do I do? I've got medication. My toolbox is not full and trips to the ER and everything else. (laughs) And, you know, and whether or not, you know, someone listening has had trips to the ER because of, you know, dysregulation, it still is going to be a similar experience, just not as intense of this was out of control, out of whack. And I had a really hard time finding a way to get myself regulated again. And so if that is happening, then it's like learning from that and saying, well, what led up to it? And then how can I think about this in a preventative way? Even just walking into your day of work, you can use imagery to to kind of visualize how that day is going to go. And you can say like, I, you know, for me, I'm in patient care. So running on time is something that is stressful because you never know what's going to come in. So it could be a day where it's like, oh yeah, things are doing, things are better. This is that. Or it's a day where traffic was terrible. It was raining outside and I've got three people have had all new injuries, all, you know, and so it's just, you know, it doesn't, it, you know, it just is what it is. And then someone's frustrated because I'm behind and this and that. And so I can easily just go, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm just, you know, going to try and survive this day. Or I just use imagery to say, okay, like we're going to, this next session is going to like, and I, you know, just take a pause, 10 second pause. And use imagery to say, okay, this next session is going to be calm. I'm going to start this calm. And then we're going to get going on the next one. And we're going to get going on the next one. And just taking that pause, even once an hour can help your day not get out like where you're just trying to survive it. But just pause, breathe. This is how I want it to go. And that doesn't mean you're not pivoting and responding. uh, But just like taking the breath is going to be helpful uh now other days but but hard right it's against the social rhetoric it's against (laughs) everything we we, like even nationally like you're supposed to work and work and work and you're not supposed to show emotion you're supposed to just keep keep on the grind right and Mm -hmm. um so I, I think it's it's quite a pivot for a lot of us to acknowledge that it, that it's okay to be a little selfish in those moments and that we need that and that that will make us better at our job right taking that time 
for you improves you, but it also improves how you're interacting with everybody around you. Mm -hmm. Well, another topic is boundaries. And I think boundaries is for stress and management and for mental health and for physical well-being, like having good boundaries and knowing when to say like, hey, I need a moment. I need like hard, as you were saying, because it's definitely against what we're used to and what we've been told and what we've been raised. Um, But I definitely think very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just getting ahead of it a little bit. If you can tell when things are starting to wind, right? You can tell where it's like starting to go in the wrong direction. And so before it gets like, where you're just like all over the place and like, this is kind of out of control. Now this is different than like fight or flight acute stress, right? This is more of that chronic stress of like what you're having to manage on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Really taking 10 to 30 seconds isn't going to push your day that far behind, right? It's really not. So And that could make all the difference in the world of how your next hour is going to go. It really could. And um, from there, you know, then as you implement the practice, you get more efficient with it. So what would normally take you a little while to implement really might start taking less and less and less time to do that breath in, the breath out, kind of let that go. And you might get down to like two breaths, three breaths, and it's like, boom you're back regulated again. That's when it practice. And what I'm also hearing from you is, is that you've done a lot of reflection, right? Like you, you started this conversation talking about identifying time as your stressor, mm-hmm. right? Like you were able to pinpoint that one thing. Um, yeah. So even, even if the first attempt didn't work, even if you missed that kind of that crucial point between freaking out and, and just, just it, it building up, um, you you've sat with it after and been like, okay, when did this happen? How, like, what could I have done? And like trying to find those points um, in your day where you might've given yourself that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think everybody's stressor is going to be a little bit different. And when you didn't win, we'll say, right. Like that didn't go as well as I wanted or whatever it might be in your day. (laughs) That's actually not, necessarily a bad thing that's a learning opportunity so it's just like like the way like say you're in school right and you take a test and you didn't do as well as you wanted to do but you go to the test review and I guarantee you if you spend time in that test review to learn where all of your mistakes are then you're gonna have learned that material better than had you gotten an A but never took the time to review where your weaknesses were so if you constantly review where, where, where was I weak and make strategies for those, then you're going to constantly build yourself up and get yourself pre- better prepared for the next thing that's coming at you. Because there is something else coming, mm-hmm. right? So Well, and I've always said it's not failure, success. They're not two different sides. It is failure, 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 all the way to success. And I always taught my kids, if you're not being successful, it means you haven't failed enough. Like, right. You got to try more things, fail more often, um, because eventually that's the only way you get to success is mm-hmm. kind of figuring out. So in this case, figuring out what didn't work, figuring out where it went wrong, like kind of looking back. If everything goes perfect, you don't learn anything. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't have a light bulb, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think like just reframing that is hard because it didn't go well. You didn't get the results you wanted. There's disappointment there. There's frustration. There's all sorts of emotion tied around that. And so like strategies to kind of say, how can I reframe that are, are hard. Like that's not easy. So, um, so Danielle, like what are some, uh, like, you know, some examples, like you went through like the breathing, right. Uh, Mm -hmm. what kind of, had you turn the corner to say like, I, I tried this, it didn't work. I tried this, it didn't work. I tried this, it didn't work. Like how many times did you go <laughs> through that? Like I tried this, it didn't work until you started seeing benefit from it. I, I mean, constantly. And I, I think it's still ongoing, right? There's still strategy. I, I, we all want to be less stressed out. Um, so, so it's, it's more about being willing to constantly be on that journey um, and accepting that, that, that it is a, a journey, a lifelong journey, um, to find what works and that what works is going to change and going to evolve. Um, so I spent, particularly when I first got diagnosed, it took quite a long time. I mean, you're stressed out because you got diagnosed, right? And you're getting diagnosed with something that, that you're being told don't be stressed. Um, and you know, don't be stressed is like saying, don't think about pink elephants. It's all you think about. Right. Um, uh, so, it was, it was grueling. Um, and for me, I was just finishing my PhD. Um, I like literally went from my last test ever to the ER. Um, and was like, I can't see straight, you know, like I have all the way these symptoms. This is what's wrong. Please fix me. Um, test did not go well. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of like in the middle of this high stress situation to begin with. And then all of a sudden, um, none of my, um, previous stress relievers were going to work. Um, and I needed, I needed to find new stuff. So I, I tried a lot. Um, <laughs> and I'm still trying stuff, like I said, um, and not like the breathing isn't always going to work and it's not going to fit every situation. So you kind of need a bag of tricks, right? Like sometimes I need, oh, I need a, I need a timeout from the world. Right. So I, I go sit on my paddleboard in the water because the water is um, my spouse always tells me it's the only time I ever see your brain turn off. And so that's kind of my, the place where I can recenter and I don't try to ruminate and fix things and move on to the next step. I can just be there. Um, Right. But that also took a very long time to get to because I live somewhere where the water is never cold. And I grew up going to the beaches in Florida. And so my first beach experience here was horrible and I never went back. So trying to find that, like some version of that here in Washington, um, you know, took years really. And, but now I have several spots that, that almost, they are different enough that almost I can fit them to my mood and what I need from them. Um, and I think, um, that's kind of like a, a bigger picture of things we can do with smaller things too. You can find your, your happy lake. Um, but you can also have your more rigorous, you know, Puget Sound waterway when you need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that you, you know, how you said you have multiple, there's not just one way. Um, for me, breathing works for me, imagery I struggle with, and I find it ironic. I struggled it with it all through gymnastics, anything I had a fear or struggle. I couldn't fit. I couldn't do it. I could do the, all the skills that I had, but I, <laughs> so imagery is really hard for me. So I think it's important to like have lots of different tools and Next week, Jess and I will be talking about gardening and how that has really helped, like just being out in nature. So I do think it's really important um, to have multiple tools in your bag because 
there's not a tool that works all the time. You know, you got to have multiple to pull from and also have the awareness of like when they will work. Or if you're trying one and it's not working, like don't give up, switch to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have a backup, right? Yes. <laughs> I think the number one thing that you could ever do wrong is to just give up and throw in the towel. Like anything is worth trying to like grow with it, especially if it's going to give you the benefit of decreasing chronic stress. And so we know how important stress hormones are in our body for overall regulation of our body's symptoms. So this Addison's is a perfect example of when we don't have these hormones operating normally, how much is impacted. So I think oftentimes when we think of stress hormones, we forget how much of the other systems of the body are affected by stress hormones. And so like metabolism, heart function, temperature regulation, you know, there's all sorts glucose, of blood glucose, right? Blood glucose. All sorts of things are impacted by our home our hormonal balance. And so anything that we're doing to try and keep ourselves more in check to make sure that we are handling our stress levels in the healthiest way possible is never going to be harmful. It's only going to help push us forward with long-term management of our systems, which decreases chronic illness. So overall, you're not going to go wrong, (laughs) more (laughs) or less. Like it's going to be a good use of your time and energy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience. We really appreciate you being open with this journey that you've gone through. And it's, uh, I can imagine it's going to constantly be something that you will continue to learn and grow as more research comes out. Hopefully it'll make it easier to manage. And uh, if anybody is dealing with Addison's, maybe share this episode with them to say, hey, like, here's somebody that's tried different things. And um, never, like, never don't share our episodes. If you think somebody in your life could benefit, hey, pass it on. All you're doing is sharing knowledge and thought. So, uh, so that could be helpful. Uh, other things, just make sure, you know, follow us on social media. Um, we are on YouTube and, uh, well, YouTube, Instagram and, um, Facebook. And then if you want to join our two gals insiders, we do have a paid membership where Dr. Barbie and I put in more information that helps with a uh, small change, you know, one step at a time. And we do go live with our insiders group uh, once a month. So our website is www.2-gals.com. All right, everybody. So the uh, challenge for this week is to try and take one of these suggestions that we talked about today, whether it's imagery, whether it's breathing, whether it's finding time outside, time in the water, um, try to implement one of these and when you're overwhelmed, but then also try and implement some practice for this to see if you can get a little bit better and more comfortable with using these strategies on a sometimes hourly basis, <laughs> if not daily basis. I know I use them oftentimes hourly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you.